You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Welcome to Voice Junkie. Welcome to the latest episode of Voice Junkie Podcast. I'm your host, Charles West. Today's show is episode 14. We are here, and uh, what is the date today? We are January 24, 2017. Man, let's jump right into it. I've been dying to get to this subject matter since last week. I wanted to hold it over for this week so we could get by the inauguration of Donald Trump as your new president. God, that still sounds bad. Um... But yeah, let's jump right into it. I wanted to talk about the last couple of weeks as far as um, seeing black leaders meeting with Donald Trump and how, you know, I detested it and how much it made me uncomfortable seeing these guys smiling and standing next to this monster of a person. Uh, he's not a person, really. He's a monster. And, and, it, and it really, really made my stomach want to, you know, you know, Earl, really. And it's because of a lot of reasons. Well, one, I want to be a little fair to some of those guys who met, you know, met up with Trump. You know, I'm sure that some of them, are, you know, do feel that meeting up with this guy is somehow going to change relations with certain uh, demographics, uh, certain uh, racial groups. Or, you know, make some type of change in a more positive direction when it comes to racial relations. But the cynicism, the cynical side of me looks at it more in a different way. I look at it more as an opportunity to get a photo op with the future president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world. That's how I look at it. I look at it as a and as an exploitation type thing for your brand, as your personal brand. And so the world can say, hey, look at me. I'm next to Donald Trump. We're having a quote-unquote meeting about something important. And a lot of reports, to my knowledge, is not really showing these meetings being that much of a long type of drawn-out meeting, like 30-minute meetings. These are like quick five-minute stops. We don't know what they're doing in five minutes. Donald Trump could be on the phone in five minutes, and those guys could just be, you know, completely ignoring themselves. All it is is for the photo op. So, uh, you know, that's why I'm very cynical about the whole purpose of meeting up with Donald Trump in the first place. If you just base who he is as a person... The election season was long drawn out. Lots of things was dug up about the guy's character and who he is and what he believes. We pretty much know who he is and what he believes. I mean, even before the campaign season, there's been a long paper trail about Donald Trump's bigoted ways, his you know borderline racist, if not overtly racist, tendencies throughout the decades. Starting from the goddamn 70s. This is a paper trail leading all the way back to the 70s. So when black leaders go in to meet this guy, you can't tell me that you're so goddamn naive that you don't see exactly who this person is. It's no different than going to see David Duke, the founder, uh, you know, uh, the Ku Klux Klan leader. It's like saying, hey, you know, I, I thought it was cool that we go and have a conversation with David Duke, the guy who's overtly against anything that ain't white. 
You know, Donald Trump has been, in many ways, no different than David Duke. Overtly against anything that isn't rich and white. Now, this is not me saying this as an opinion. This is me saying this as a goddamn fact. And let me jump into the ways. You say, I know some of the people out there listening, or some of the people out there that, you know, that you hear across the airwaves or you hear uh, being interviewed, like regular people on the street being interviewed, give them a chance. Or, you know, or the question would be, uh, you know, I know those types of people will have a question like, why is it bad that blacks are being seen meeting Trump? Well, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to give you the reasons why. Number one being, let's go all the way back to the 70s. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a history lesson, a little bit of research that is out for you guys to uh, to, to do on your own as well. And I'll have links down at the end of this uh, podcast in the description box below. But let's jump all the way back to the 70s when his daddy was alive, his daddy who gave him all his wealth. Um, the Justice Department sued his company twice for not uh, renting to black people. This was once, you know, once they did that, you know, the first time was in 1973. You know, of course, like I said, when his daddy was alive. Uh, you know, the typical Trump move, the typical uh, dick move that Trump likes to do is he likes to countersuit. Uh, even if he's wrong. He did this in the Trump University case as well, by the way. But we'll get to that later. Hold up. <laughs> First of all, he, he countersued, but, you know, eventually ended up settling because, you know, of course, he's in the wrong. A lot of rocks were being turned over and a lot of stuff was starting to come out. So, of course, he settled. Uh, but, you know, during the settlement, you know, there was a promise to offer more access to vacant, you know, vacant apartments. You know, he went to, you know, to just, you know, urban leagues and all this stuff. He had, he made this promise, him and his daddy. They made this promise to, to you know, make, you know, vacant apartments, you know, easily accessible, uh, uh, you know, for blacks and, you know, all people of color. But what turned out happening in the next couple of years after the settlement is that another lawsuit was brought up because there was this discrimination against black applicants saying that spots weren't available. So what they would do is say that, you know, first of all, on one hand, you settle and you say, hey, we're going to make things more accessible for blacks. We promise. We promise. Look, they'll have the equal opportunity like every other applicant. But what ended up happening was they lied to black people and they said, oh, no, we don't have anything available. Knowing goddamn well they do have things available, but they didn't want to offer it to the black people, to the black applicants, if they were to apply for housing through his father's company. So... They got sued again for that. And, you know, this was, you know, a story that's been corroborated by, as uh, far as their racism towards blacks, you know, him and his daddy. Now, I'm going to give him a slight pass because his daddy was in charge at the time. And, uh, you know, you know, he wasn't the, the big man on campus yet. But, however... He still represented a lot of what his daddy believed in because, I mean, that's how he was brought up. And this story was corroborated by his daddy's uh, uh, accountant. So that story's out there, too, as well, as um, far as his accountant corroborating the story about how his father and, and, and Trump, young Trump at the time, would openly 
you know, say, hey, we didn't we don't want to rent to these people. And that's out there. This is in the 70s, for God's sakes. Now we're going to fast track all the way down to how he discriminated against blacks at his casinos in the early 90s. 92, he was fined. In 1992, he was fined because, you know, he would have managers would remove black car dealers at the request of certain big spender uh, gamblers, big spending gamblers. So, for instance, if a white, rich white guy would come in and say, you know what? It's too many black dealers out here. I don't like it. I'm going to take my money elsewhere. Oh, he would acquiesce. The message would get to Trump, and he would acquiesce and remove a lot of those black dealers. Because, hey, you know, they're black. If you don't want the, you know, the black dealers on the floor, I'll, I'll, I'll remove them for you. No problem. So he was fined for that. Again, a fine that he paid. Um, and even a year before then, you know... Uh, his former president of his Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino at the time, uh, actually in 91, uh, recalls uh, Trump calling black casino workers lazy. I mean, he in vividly bigoted terms, the guy says. He even wrote a book about it. You know, in his book, he has a, a, a freaking, a very, very haunting uh, quote here. You know, that says, uh, I'm going to read this quote that the guy said. He said, blacks counting my money. He's talking about black accountants that he may have or financial people within, uh, you know, the Trump Plaza Hotel Casino that's running the money and the operations or whatnot. He said, black guys counting my money. I hate it. The only kind of people I want counting my money are short guys wearing yarmulkes. This is what Trump said. This is what the guy recounts that he has in his book and all of that. So this is the early 90s, by the way, right? So we, we, you know, we go and we fast forward all the way into 2011. 2011 was the, you know, the, the first term of President Obama. This is the time where, you know, Trump, you know, in a clownish manner, thought he was going to run for president. And didn't really run for president. He was really just self-marketing himself and trying to get camera time. Which basically what he did this time around. But God damn it, he ended up winning the whole thing. <laughs> I, I, I can, I if you put Donald Trump on a lie detector today, I will guarantee you he would fail it because I know he, I know or have a good feeling that he didn't think he was going to win the presidency. It was just a marketing ploy that ended up turning into something else. But anyway, as I digress. 2011, he started the whole birther wave. How do you think the whole birther uh, movement got jump-started, really? It started with Donald Trump. Donald Trump said, you know, that basically President Obama was illegitimate. Despite all the evidence saying otherwise, that the guy was born in Hawaii, and all these other factors, and his grandparents being from Kansas, and the whole white people actually being from Kansas, despite all of that, it didn't matter. He's black. He's, he's got to be illegitimate. It, it, there's no way a, 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 a black person could be as smart as Obama and be as successful as Obama and be our president, the president of everybody, white people, black people, red people, whoever, or orange people in Trump's case. I mean, there's no way that could be possible. He can't be born from here. It's illegitimate. No, I, don't, I refuse to believe it. He started that whole wave, man. It started from him. Why did he believe that? Do you remember any other president in United States history that had his citizenship in question like this? 
No, of course not. Why did Trump bring it up? Not because he was genuinely concerned about the the, the well being or the or the constitution constitutionality of you know our newly elected president at the time. No, no, it had nothing to do with it. It had everything to do with Barack Obama's skin color. Everything to do with it. And this is 2011. Now, you see the pattern here, right? We go from the 70s, we go to the early 90s, and we go into the 2000s. And, to the, and by the way, till this day, he still still doesn't, he still waffles on the fact of uh, Obama being, you know, a legitimate citizen, a legitimate president. He still waffles on that. You can find quotes on that as well. But fast forward all the way to his campaign. You know, you got a guy going out in his rallies. He's, uh, you know, he in one of his rallies, he once said, uh, 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 let me try to get my Trump voice. Uh, look at my look at my African-American. Look at my African-American. I mean, who says shit like that? Who says shit like that? Archie Bunker? I mean, I know that's an old reference for you guys who are a little young in this podcast, but you know who says stuff like that? A bigot. I'm a black guy. I don't. I have white friends. I don't go and say, "Hey, look at my Caucasian." I don't say that. That sounds crazy. That sounds out of touch. That sounds like a person who don't really have a lot of Caucasian friends or white friends. You know, nobody says that type of stuff unless you're a bigot or a racist. I mean, these are code languages for people of that elk. Let's give you another example. I have a great relationship with the blacks. I have a I've always had a great relationship with the blacks. What the fuck does that mean? I have a with the blacks. Like, you know what I mean? Like he 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 does this thing. He does this thing. And it's amazing to me that black leaders, all the stuff that I read, all the stuff that I read that I went through, this whole gambit that I've gone through. And trust me, there's a whole cabinet file of shit like this. There's no way you don't know none of this stuff that is happening or this stuff that has happened in his past that he's just so open about. You know this as a black person. You know if you go and meet with the guy, ain't a goddamn thing going to change. He's been like this for the beginning of his, his whole entire adult life. There's nothing that's going to change. So what are you getting? What are you really getting from these meet, meetings? You know, what are you really getting from these meetings? You're getting an opportunity to take a photo op with the future most powerfulest man in the country. That's what this is about. Come on. I refuse to believe that you're trying to. Now, granted, I'm not going to say, let me rephrase it. I don't think that everyone has that cynic approach. But I'm a cynic when it comes to certain things. And this is one of those things. You can't be that naive to believe or, or, or have us believe that you're trying to make some type of change in a guy who's been openly racist for his whole adult life. I just read you several things without trying to make this the longest podcast ever. I just read you a, a, a whole slew of things. And there's a whole bunch more than this. What are you gonna, how are you going to reach a person like that? You can't reach a person like this. He's been a rich, spoiled, entitled punk his whole entire his whole entire adult life. And we're talking 50 plus years. You're not gonna change a guy's perspective because you have a little meet and greet for two, three, four, five minutes. Who do you think we are? Stupid? 
You went there to have a photo op. That's what these meetings were all about. And and uh, um, or or which I don't believe you are really that naive. And I think Ti said it best. Ti the, the you know the musician the rapper said it the best in his um in in his uh, reply to this whole issue with black leaders. Uh, Bamboozling themselves. All this stuff on this TV, is what he said. Man, look, I'm gonna tell all you celebrities, black minority, all of you, man, athletes, man, all of you. Look, let me tell you something. There's a strategic plan that people are trying to make you a part of. Okay, so do not accept any invitation to have any meeting, no matter how positive you think the outcome may be. Without understanding, man, people have a very Willie Lynch agenda. Okay, and you being there, being seen with them taking pictures and smiling and being positive, it may seem positive to you, but there's a hidden agenda, man. And you might not know it, but now you have been warned. Do not go in there unless you have a strategy or you with John Lewis or somebody who can represent us. Okay, man, so let me be specific with you, man. I'm explaining to you in great detail, step by step. I seen all these people over the weekend going back and forth in and out there, man. Officers, if you want to take a picture, then cool. That's what you do. But let me show you exactly where they coming from, okay? They seen how adamantly against him being president, the hip-hop community, and the young black people was in America. So what do they do? They get Kanye West to come in. Well, he's their representative. They listen to his music. They buy his shoes. They go see him in concert. Well, surely if we take a picture with him, he smiles and says he's cool with it. They'll fall right in line. Okay. And also, you know, you got black women. You know, they were against it. Well, who speaks to the black women? Steve Harvey. Let's get him in here. He'll take a picture. He'll smile. He'll say it's cool. They'll fall right in line. Who else? They love football. Let's get Ray Lewis. Let's get Jim Brown. They were the heroes. Surely if they say they're cool with it. And also on the, on the week where you're going back and forth with Martin Luther King, homeboy, one of the most prolific civil rights activists of our times, you're going to get Martin Luther King's son or Martin Luther King Day to come in there and meet with you? And y'all got to see this, man. Divide or conquer. Okay, so this may sound a bit more critical, you know what I mean? And not that I want to sit at a judgmental seat or that I'm holier than thou or nothing like that, man. But, I mean, I don't want kids looking at this, man, to think just because I ain't saying nothing that I'm all right with it, you know what I mean? Uh, and first of all, let me tell you this. There's nothing wrong with sitting down across from anybody, no matter how different your views may be from theirs or, you know, what, how different your backgrounds may be. Uh, as long as they give you the basic human decency of respecting your 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 values, respecting your ancestors' legacies, and, and, and they're not representing hate groups that are adamantly against your advancement and progressions as a people, all right? With that being said, Kanye, what the fuck you doing, man? Steve, man, you know way better than that, man. You know what I'm saying? Jim Brown, really? Martin Luther King, man, it's your goddamn daddy. Birthday, bro. You gonna go and sit down with, hey, man, divide and conquer, bro. You know what I mean? Willie Lynch, read up on it. Don't be a part of it. Be against it. I agree with a lot of what T.I. said. At least he can see the tea leaves here. I would go a little bit further and say, don't meet with the guy at all. Don't meet with him at all. Because in my opinion, you don't really get nothing from meeting with him. You know who he is. You know who he is by what he's said and what he's done throughout the course of his whole entire adult life. The lawsuits, the court appointments. I mean, all these things. I mean, look at, I mean, get into Mark Sanchez real quick. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> He's another guy. And this is indicative to not just black celebrities, but this is indicative to uh, people of color in general, celebrities in general. You're Mark Sanchez. 
You're a Mexican-American. You have Mexican heritage running through your blood. Why in God's name are you at the Trump inaugural? Why? The guy openly despises your race. Despises your race. But you're at his inaugural? For what? You either you have to be the most dumbest person in the world. The guy does not like Mexicans. We know that. He called them rapists, he called them this, he called them that, drug dealers, whatever. He said they're terrible people. He's proven this a hundred times about how much he doesn't like Mexican Americans or Mexicans in general. He's proven this. He wants he wants, you know, talk crap about a guy that presided a federal judge that presided over his class action lawsuit for his profit or you know profit Trump University. Remember that? I told you I was gonna get back to that. Trump University. It was a Mexican American. He's a federal judge, born in Indiana, by the way, who he said, you know, they asked him about CNN, asked him about it, you know, him presiding over it. And he said, he's a Mexican. We're building a wall between here and Mexico. The answer is he is giving us very unfair rulings, rulings that people can't even believe. And it's like, oh, so he's going to be biased towards your case, your, your, your fraud university. He's going to be biased because... He's got he's just so happened to have Mexican heritage, even though he's a born American citizen. Like that's like so the Trump supporters just, you know, he's a bigot. He's a racist. This is not a debate. It's a fact, you know, and I would appreciate if some of you out there who maybe do believe in this guy for whatever reason, the guy ran a goddamn fake university, got sued and lost because it was a fake university. It was a sham. How are you going to run a for-profit university with your name on it that's a sham and get elected president? Unbelievable. But the proof is right there. The guy doesn't like Mexicans. doesn't like blacks. This is a fact. So we, we circle back to the black leadership. Don't even meet with this guy. We're supposed to stand up and we're supposed to make our communities better by uniting, not just with black uh, community leaders or black people alike, but everybody, you know, all abroad, every person of color, even, you know, even us, you know, even our white brothers and sisters, we got to meet up and get this hate out. That's what it's about, man. You know, that's just, I, I wish that Steve Harvey and, the, and Kanye West's award would have spent more time in communities than trying to get a photo op with Donald Trump, which is just the wrong impression to set. Toward people like me who are conscious, who are woke, who do understand what's really going on, who's not in it for their best interest. That's how I feel about this whole situation. But yeah, that's it. That's the la- that's what I had to say about that. Um, please give me your insights on how you feel about black leadership meeting up with Donald Trump. So yeah, that's all we have for this week. Be sure to share this with your friends talk about it if you can't if you want to do more to help the podcast grow and get even better get more equipment get more guests because we got a lot of stuff lined up for the next coming months next coming weeks really go to patreon.com slash voice junkie uh become a pledge member without your support we can't grow we can't get bigger we can't have better bigger and better content basically so go to patreon.com slash voice junkie that's all we got for this week i catch you later guys peace